0: Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you will come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Now, we hope you enjoy this lesson brought to us by Paul Owen.
1: Our scripture reading tonight is taken from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through verse 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies: kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Above all things, put above all, these things put on love, which is the bond of perfectness perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to to God the Father through him.
0: Paul and I look forward to this every year, and we spend our evening service in the the sermon time talking about uh, what's going on in the church, and and I I tell you, it's always so very encouraging, and I hope tonight you're going to leave very encouraged with what's happening at West Huntsville. When I was preparing this, I was thinking about, um, if you, as a Christian, if you thought about a congregation that you really would want to be a part of, and you listed the kinds of things in a sound church that you would like to to be linked up with i i think it would have to be these things you'd want you'd want a, a strong youth group in the ways that we that i that i'm talking about tonight and you'd want you'd want it to be a growing church and you'd want uh, times when the christians got together for spiritual reasons to learn and grow where they didn't just have to listen to the old preacher, they could listen to new preachers. You'd want times when, times when Christians could get together socially. And, and I, I know that there, there are groups of Christians around who, who oppose having a kitchen in their building because they can't think of biblical authority for that. I've always thought that we had biblical authority in words like these. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And I do not know a better way to do that, to enhance conversation with our fellow Christians than across the table with some fried chicken. That's what we do. The, so let's go through these. We have a lot that we want to cover. We had two marriages in 23, Connell and Emily Bailey Hodges on October 16, and Stephen and Judy No on December five. Five wonderful births. Fallon Hurst, Luke Hogan, Jack Hogan, Evelyn Anderson, and Samantha Weaver. We had six deaths Sylvia Jackson, Jerry Kilpatrick, Robbie Guthrie, Alan Hodge, Mari Behan. Doris Nichols. We had nine baptisms. Gideon Soley, Michael Harrison, Allison Bateo, Jesse Partridge, Jesse Neal Partridge, two different people, Darcy Smith, Emma Sales, Isaac Anderson, and Timothy Johnson. We had, I think... Uh, Paul, Paul counted. He thinks that we had 34 people place membership. And I'll read this list rather quickly. But when you read down the list, you think, well, it seems like they've been with us forever. Lisa Mason, Demar and Dixie and John Elam, Belinda and Adam Berkeley, Ty and Jessica McClurg, Nancy McCorkle, Troy and Rebecca and Landon, Neil and Heidi McClurg, Hannah Colley, Jesse Partridge, Jesse Neal Partridge, Louis Bates, Abby Heron, Betty Hall, Jennifer and Darren Crowden, Stan and Allison Hogan, John and Kathy Ayers, and if I miss somebody, will you please forgive me? There's there's been a lot of benevolence that was distributed during 23, and most of it you don't know about. You, You know about some where you had an announcement made, we need to collect funds for this or that, and we always do that, and it always exceeds what the elders ask, always does. I've never known of a case where it came up short, ever. That's the kind of church this is. But I, but I just want to say, it should be noticed, that, that there are a lot of cases, often cases, that, are very, that we keep very personal, very private, and, and people need help. And that help, I assure you, is going out. We had a dozen, one a month, different kinds of church meals together, potlucks and events, uh, many more where Christians just found occasions to eat together. We had guest speakers, had fall lectures, about a dozen speakers, different men came. Spring, our spring seminar was Melvin Ote. It's a great seminar. Parenting seminar, Ben Hayes. Fall, B.J. Clark did a terrific job. We had graduations at our building. Knacks Kindergarten, Knacks High School had a graduation celebration. We had Nayati Camp in June. And also in June, we had our annual singing. The ladies' retreat was in February, the men's retreat was in April. Had a Mission Sunday in January, had our holiday parties in December, Fall Fest, Trunk or Treat in October. Our elders meet all the time. Sometimes I'm around a congregation for one reason or another, and I'll ask the question, you know, how often do you all meet? Talking to the elders, how often do you meet? And sometimes the answer is, well, we don't have a regular meeting. Just whenever something comes up, we, we get together and we meet maybe once a month. And I think, I don't see how you can do that. I don't see how that's even possible. In this congregation, the elders meet every Tuesday night at 5 o'clock. I don't remember a meeting ever going shorter than an hour, but I remember meetings that would go three hours. It is not uncommon to have visitors in that meeting. And anytime you want to meet with the elders, they'll be happy to work it out. It is probably a true statement that that most, more than 50%, not sure about this, but I'm not far wrong that more than 50% of the assembly times that after before or after that assembly, the elders are going to meet with somebody, somebody who needs to talk or they need to talk with them. I don't want you to minimize that. That's terribly important that that our elders are so active. And every time you get a chance, I want you to encourage our elders, encourage the elders. They are the backbone of this church. Our website is very um, used. Around 6,000 times a month, people access our website. About 6,000 times a month. We have over, well over 1,000 downloads of sermons each month. Many people listening and watching from every service on live stream. And that's pretty exciting. When you talk about statistics and you read them as fast as I have... You need to pause and remember that these are flesh and blood Christians who are committing their time and their money and their efforts in what we're doing here. I'm quite convinced that a man or a woman can go to heaven from the West Huntsville Church of Christ. And I want to read Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9 and then I'll turn it over to Paul. But, beloved, we're confident of better things concerning you, the things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end.
2: All right. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, What a great year in 2023 we've had. Don't you feel well blessed? And what we're going to do now is we're going to turn the page to 2024 and look forward to the 11 months that are before us. I want to start by saying that our elders uh, and shepherds are deeply concerned for our spiritual well-being for our spiritual growth and also our growth potential. And so they give us lots of opportunities uh, to grow, and I want to talk about that in a few different areas. Uh, one is relationally, so we uh, are growing closer together as a body. And so the scripture says, above all, put on love, and that's what we want to do in 2024. I think we had about 12 uh, fellowships in 2023. We're going to have 15 congregational fellowships in 2024. And on top of that, we've got men's retreats. We've got uh, men's service and fellowship nights, ladies' retreats, ladies' night out. I mean, these things go on all the time at the building. I don't care what day of the week it is. You can come up here and someone is up here. It's being used and uh, to the glory of God, and that's such a great thing. And so we got the Home Builder Fellowships, Saints Alive Fellowships, the Youth Fellowships, College Retreats, uh, Young Pro Retreats and Fellowships. It's such a great time for us to bond. And if you, and if you haven't taken the time uh, to come to one of our congregational fellowships after Bible class, it's such a great thing to do. Uh, I was telling the men at the men's breakfast that uh, I sat with the Chalmers and the Bonds uh, last Sunday, and just had the best time. And we just kind of laughed and we talked. And just when we left, I think we all just felt not only full of food, but full of fellowship. And uh, it was just a wonderful time. It really was. And then Saturday for our men's breakfast, uh, we set up more tables so that we could uh, have a little smaller groups and to get to know one another a little better. And uh, Gary Bond came up to me today and he said, thank you for doing that. Because he said, that, that helped me. And uh, our little table, I think we had six people, and we just learned a lot about each other. And so it's just a wonderful thing to do, and I hope that you'll take advantage of these opportunities that the elders provide for us to grow closer together and fellowship, but also spiritually. So in 2024, we'll meet about 104 times for worship, about 112 times for Bible class. That includes different kinds of seminars and special classes uh, we have an area-wide singing that takes place uh, June the 21st. And uh, one of our elders, Tony Anderson, will em- emcee that. And uh, and also, we've been talking about this school of evangelists. Now, this is a really big deal in the life of West Huntsville and its history. This will be a, a, a big deal. People will look back on this and say, wasn't that a game changer? And the reason, I don't know anyone in the brotherhood that is doing what... Uh, Rob Whitaker is doing with his school, and his wife helps him. Uh, more than 3,700 people have obeyed the gospel that went from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of Christ because of this. Workshop that they do, and uh, so anyway, it's going to be wonderful. So, as I've been now announcing, we've got a couple of sessions. It's on Friday night, six thirty and seven thirty, and then on Saturday is ten and eleven. Then lunch will be provided, and then one and two, and also be uh, babysitting will be provided. All right, our fall series. I think we've got a slide for this. Oh, there it is. And uh, so, on some of these things on the calendar. Uh, they may move around and change. It just happens because people have things come up. So uh, Chris Miller, you see how he's right there at the first? Well, he's not anymore. It's already happened. He had a vacation or something, didn't realize, so he and Eric Lyons switched. But anyway, things like that will happen, but but we will have a wonderful fall series. We have 13 different speakers Uh, Our walk and wealth in Christ, it is the study of Ephesians. More opportunities that our shepherd give us to grow spiritually. And then we uh, also have a fall seminar with David Leib. He will do an excellent job. And then we'll have other speakers from time to time. We'll have some of our students that are enrolled in MSOP and other preacher schools will come here. And they will speak as well. But we can also grow through service and involvement. Uh, I think about camp. Uh, The camp is uh, June 16th through 20th this year, rooted and grounded. Is that right? Rooted and grounded is the theme. Uh, Vacation Bible School is July 14th through the 17th. And let's, can we see Noah? This is one of the first pictures ever taken of Noah. There he is. I'm not sure what he's got on his shoulder, uh, but I'm sure he used it to help build the ark or something. I don't know, but he's a rugged guy. So we're going to learn. It's going to be a great vacation Bible school. We're already working and organizing that, so I know that you will enjoy it. And then we got our Boonville trip, uh, mission trip, which will be right after, I think it's the week after, July 27th through August the 1st. Uh, The ladies' Dorcas meets every Wednesday. They sew the little bears together for the children that are in the hospitals. You know, we need to be in the community. And, uh, you know, if we closed our doors, would anybody care? And we said, well, of course we would. We couldn't come to worship. I didn't talk about us. I said, would anybody in the community care? Would they know? Uh, I think they would with West Huntsville with the good that we do. And so uh, we do great things there. We, and preparing meals, uh, you know, ladies, you can get with Deanne Foy or Lisa Holmes if you would like to help prepare meals. Also extension services at Merrill Gardens. We have men That go there. I think that is a growing work. I think it started about four or five, and now it's up to ten. That's going great. And then, as uh, Glenn talked about, Jason Clark does a wonderful job in the community and uh, with the needs here at West Huntsville with benevolence. So, uh, anyway, we need to seek those things that are above, and that's that's really what we're aiming to do. So, we're going to have a great. 2024, and I know that we're all going to be very committed and and take these opportunities that the Shepherd give us to, to grow in all these different areas. Okay, have you almost made it to work or school or an appointment and realized that something that you needed very much you don't have with you? And you thought, ah, I think I left it at home, like your phone. You ever left your phone at home? I I'd only, I'd only do this when I get almost to where I'm going. I don't do this like a mile from the house. It's always about 15 miles from the house. And I realize it. And I tell you, when this happens to me, it is just extremely frustrating. That's the way I just, it's such a colossal waste of time. I've wasted 45 minutes of my day on something that's useless. Do you ever feel like that? And uh, to me, it's just a very defeating feeling when I forget something and I have to go back and get it. I think that Peter, James, and John felt this way. Remember, the Bible says that they uh, had been fishing and toiling all night, throwing those nets out, pulling them back in, throwing the nets out, pulling the heavy nets back in, and they were exhausted. And then they just washed their nets, they just cleaned them, perhaps even mended them, and Jesus comes along, he says, oh, go put out in the deep and let your nets down for a catch and Peter's response was I don't think he felt like doing that he said Lord he said we have toiled all night and we've caught nothing then he said but it's your word we'll put down our nets you see he was thinking about the dread of repeating that painful process all over again uh, with the same fruitless result I don't know if you've been to Bass Pro lately. Uh, have you ever seen those gadgets, those electronic fish finders? You ever had, maybe some of you have a fish finder. Well, some of those can be very expensive. But Peter, James, and John had a fish finder, and his name was Jesus. I mean, he's in the boat, and he could find the fish. You know what I'm talking about? So, so they pull the, the nets up, and the Bible says there were so many fish in the nets that the nets were breaking. But I want to go back to Peter. Have you ever ever felt like Peter where you really didn't have the motivation to redo something? Well, take your Bibles and turn to Luke 24, Luke chapter 24. We'll begin there in verse 13. So I want you to think about this idea as we we move forward tonight in our lesson. Luke 24 will begin in verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were walking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him and said, Are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here these days? So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while we talk, when he talked to us on the road? While he opened up the scriptures? And they arose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the leaven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. So what we have are these two disciples who had witnessed all this trauma, you might say, that had happened to them while they were in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. With, a, with the sham of a trial and the crucifixion and all that happened. And, and they, were, they were sad. They were broken hearted. Their Lord was dead. Their friend was dead. And so they're walking and talking, going to Emmaus. And, and Dr. Luke tells us that Emmaus was about seven miles from Jerusalem, which is about a two and a half hour walk. So they make this walk and Jesus talking to them and then... Uh, Jesus opens up the scriptures and and explains that it is God's plan. It was God's plan that Jesus would suffer and he would die and be resurrected. And when they reach Emmaus, do you remember what happened? The Bible says that Jesus acted or pretended like he was going uh, on. And they said, no, 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 it's late. It's real late. You need to come and you need to eat with us. And, And the Bible says that Jesus blessed that meal and he broke the bread. And then they all of a sudden recognize Jesus. Can you imagine what that must have been like? How would you have felt had you been those two disciples? And then the Bible says that He vanished. I want to tell you that their whole world changed in an instant. In a moment of time. And I don't know exactly what they were feeling. I don't know what they were thinking. But I do know this... That their sadness turned to joy. And that's ecstatic joy. And what did they do? What does the Bible say that they did? They did the redo. They had to do something over. And what did they do? The Bible says that hour they went back to Jerusalem. How far? Seven miles. How long? Two and a half hours. And what was their mindset? Oh, man. My knees hurt. My sandals, I just washed them. And my feet. Do you think they said that? I don't think they thought that at all. Why is that? Because they were motivated with joy. They could not wait to go and tell the disciples that Jesus has risen. Compare that little two and a half hour trip with the joy they felt in their heart that their Lord and their friend was alive now? It doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. I think about Luke chapter 15 about the man who found his lost sheep, or we, we have the woman who lost her corn and the man who, who had his son receive his son back. Did anyone have to tell them that they needed to rejoice? Come on now, you need to make a, a meal for celebration. I don't think that happened. I don't think the energy or the time spent doing that, uh, that they considered to be any kind of effort or laborious at all. Absolutely not. And you remember Jacob? Jacob went to, uh, to work for Uncle Laban. And, and Jacob was a bit of, of a hill grabber, but really so was Laban. Laban had one up on him, right? But anyway, he goes and he works seven years for, for Rachel. And this is what the Bible says in Genesis twenty nine twenty. It says, he served Laban for seven years. Now remember what it says? But it only seemed like a few days because of the love that he had for her. Why did it seem so short? Because of the motivation and his attitude. He was filled with joy day after day. And so if the seven years only seemed like a few days, then the seven miles only seemed like a few steps because the radiated love from their hearts. It was the joy that was set before Jesus that allowed him to endure the cross and he despised the shame. Now, I've got to tell you a personal story about something that happened to me. Several years ago, a few years after 9-11, My family and I, uh, we were living in Missouri and so we went to uh, do some free things in St. Louis and we went to uh, the Gateway Arch, it's a national park. They have a lot of guards there and they have uh, metal detectors and all sorts of stuff. One of my sons always carried a little butterfly knife. He would always play with it uh, virtually everywhere that he went. And so he went through the metal detector, and there was a beep, and then they said, we'll get you back up, and then he does again, beep, and they said, well, what's in your pockets? And he pulls out this butterfly knife, and he puts it in a plastic tray, and so the, the big guy, they hire those guys by the pound. He was a huge guy, 250 pounds or something. He, he looked at Jacob. Oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you who that was. But, uh, and, and then uh, he said, is that your knife? And of course, Jacob was proud of that. He said, well, yeah, that's my knife. And then he looked at me. He said, do you realize that you're not supposed to have a knife here in a national park? And he says, and that type of knife, he said, I can arrest you right now. I said, well, if there's any way that you would not do that or could look over this, I said, I'd appreciate it. I don't want to be arrested. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, you go and you take this to the car. And he said... uh, And then come back, and he said, all is forgotten. He said, but if you go out these doors and you put it in a bush, I will arrest you. Well, we parked two miles from the arch that day. It was a hot day. It was a long way. And uh, normally, if I had to go to the car and walk two miles there and two miles back, I would complain. I'm just sure that I would. Uh, But I didn't that day. I mean, I was just skipping along, going to the car. I'm a free man. You know, I was just so happy that I wasn't arrested. It changed everything. And I thought, wow, just a few circumstances changed my perspective. First John chapter 5, verse 12 says, He that has the Son has life. Someone said that life is what you are alive to. Paul said, to live is Christ and die is gain. Now my grandkids uh, come over sometimes and uh, Linda Hodge, when she was alive, I learned this from her grandkids, uh, talked to them before her funeral. She would uh, have a secret drawer in her house and she would hide surprises in there for the grandkids. And, and I heard that and I thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what I do. I've got good stock in uh, Dollar General. I buy a lot of things and prizes and uh, I put them in that drawer, and they, the, the grandkids will come in, and then I say, are you guys ready to go to the surprise drawer? And those kids at that moment are fully alive to those surprises. And they run up the stairs, and my job is to keep with them and open that drawer, and they are so surprised. And many times I'm surprised because I can't remember what I bought. I go, "Oh yeah, that is great. Uh, and that's what it means to be fully alive, fully alive. So Christ was Paul's life and he was alive to anything that represented Christ and so should we be. We should be. What makes your heart beat fast? What do you get excited about? I hope it's the things of Christ. So how about you and me in 2024? What will be our perspective And will our perspective motivate us to think heavenly things? Oh, we should have our feet on earth, but our minds should be in heaven. Oh, what Joshua and Caleb, uh, they had to spend all those 40 years in the wilderness. And they had to watch all those funerals. What kept them going? What kept them alive? You know where their mind was? Their feet was in the wilderness. Their mind was in Canaan. I'm going to go to that milk and, land of milk and honey one day. I'm going to put my foot. I'm going to be there. Right? That's the way we should, should be about heaven. And it should motivate everything we do. I get to come to worship. I get to go to this seminar. I get to go serve. Because of Jesus Christ. It is our God that calmed the wind and the waters of Galilee and He's still on His throne and He goes before us and He helps us work out things for our good in the way of His providence. We serve a magnificent God that loves us and we're going to be with Him one day, one day real soon, sooner than we think. And may that motivate us. I pray that you and I will have a spiritual mindset, a heavenly mindset as we move through these next 11 months and forward. So let's commit ourselves every day to study the Bible, to renew our minds, to get our thinking straight, because this world wants to distract us, right? You need to be overjoyed. Sports need to be where, you, where your joy is. And well, Satan's not going to say, well, you don't believe in Jesus. He says, well, let me just distract you a little bit, right? Let's stay in His Word every day so our minds are right, right? We have the right framework with which to work. And pray to God to, to help us maintain a spiritual mindset each and every day. Be resolute that we'll start the day and finish the day thanking God for what He has done, even the simple blessings. And remember, we are serving Jesus Christ and we should do it with joy. Last verse is John fifteen eleven. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. If there's a way in which we can help you tonight, we really want to do that in your spiritual life. We all love each other and we're cheering on you and you're cheering on us to help us to go to heaven. And anything we can do, let us know. You know, it was Ananias... He had to go talk to to old Saul. Saul was a bad dude, right? And he wasn't so sure about that. But the Lord said, you go. He said, Saul, Saul, why tarriest thou? Rise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. If you have a need tonight, please come.
0: We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Paul Owen. If you have comments or questions, Paul can be reached by email at owen at westhuntsville.org.